Hello! Welcome. I'm Rebecca. I'm Mary. And this is A Swig of History. We're so happy to have you with us today. Yes, welcome. The weather finally broke. It's warm. Yes. I like to give everybody weather updates on the reg. (laughs) It's history and weather. (laughs) I'm a meteorologist. You didn't know? Yeah. And this is going to come out in the future. So technically, today's weather will be history by then. It will. (laughs) Yeah. So I will be happy to live here for the next six months. And then around November, December, I can continue my bitching about how much I hate (laughs) the the cold and this city but i love it now now that it's warm and i'm gonna love that part of the year i'm just gonna snuggle up with a blanket and some soup and i'm just gonna be like this is what i was made for (laughs) not me i love the warmth warm so podcast you're here for history this is a podcast (laughs) so podcast we're podcasting right now we are (laughs) and we chose a pretty cool topic i think super cool i'm pretty excited we're doing man-made disasters today. Dun, dun, dun. Human error. Yes. Disasters. Nope, it's only men. Men are the problem. I'm just kidding. <laughs> in, my, in mine it is. <laughs> Honestly, kind of in mine too. <laughs> well, there we go. Just Look, <laughs> shitting on the male we race. We didn't choose it. It's the male, male race. race. <laughs> <laughs> the male sex right off the bat. They're different than us. And in every single they don't belong. Way. No. <laughs> no, We're just I love men. Look, our thirty percent of male followers, we love you. <laughs> I do love male listeners. Them. Yeah, me too. Cool. So, man made disasters. I'm going first this week. And I can't Huzzah! wait. Yes, I'm super stoked. So <laughs> I'm covering the London beer flood of eighteen. 18- 14. Wait. Otherwise known as the London Beer Tsunami. Oh my lord. <laughs> it's nuts. It sounds scary and delicious. Yes, it was both of those things, as oh. you will see. <laughs> okay, so the year is 1764 in Westminster, England. Ooh. A brewery by the name of Horseshoe Brewery opens, setting into motion an event that would devastate the local area. Oh my god. <laughs> Here we go. Um, okay, so by 1809, 1764 to 1809. Keep okay. up, everybody. I know. I do the same thing. <laughs> I could I'm feel like, I was losing everybody. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm laying down at this point, just <laughs> yeah. like not paying just attention. Just Hello. Five seconds in. <laughs> okay, so um, the brewery, so by 1809, the brewery, I'm going to have to say that so many times, um, was a major producer of Porter beer for mm. you uh, beer lovers out there. Actually, for you people like me who can't have beer, it's like a stout. And oh. beer lovers should already know that, I guess. I don't like stouts. Yeah. I When I could drink beer, I liked like light mm. beers more so, like I, an yep. ale. Mm-hmm. If it had like a floral or fruity note, <laughs> I loved sure. it. <laughs> I like sours and yeah, yeah. light, light, light. Miller Same. light, Bud light, yeah. Corona light. Get that IPA out of my Anything fucking hoppy, face. Anything hoppy, get the yeah, fuck away I don't want it. And now I can't have it, so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So, in 1814, 50 years after the brewery opened, uh, so 50 years, Horseshoe Brewery making beer, Mm. disaster strikes. No, Horseshoe. Yes. So, the day was October Monday, 
the 17th. I said that weird. <laughs> I like it. I like it. October Monday, the infamous day. <laughs> it was um, Monday, October 17th. October that, Monday. And I literally wrote October Monday. <laughs> Good. I like it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, 1814. And it started as many other days did for those in the area. Got a little storytelling going today. Um, so Mary Banfield and her daughter Hannah were taking tea in their home. Four mourners mourned the loss of a two-year-old with an Irish wake. And teenage barmaid Eleanor Cooper was working in the nearby pub known as Tavistock Arms. Okay. So you got people mourning. Starting off a little dark. You got people tea. You got people at work. You know, it's just a regular. day. Yeah. In St. Giles Rookery, yes, it was. Because this was a densely populated slum with cheap housing. So it was filled with... The poor, the criminals, the criminals, and the prostitutes. Oh my goodness! So basically, what high society would consider the dregs, and what I would consider probably be where I would be living in this time. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be home for me. Where is so, this Westminster, England? Yes, yes, Westminster. It's like in. Lo- I'm everybody in England. I'm so sorry. I don't know about London because <laughs> mm, I stayed at a oh hotel called St Giles. In London. Oh, cool. What if I stayed? What if you stayed there? I don't you might remember have. St. Giles Rookery. So well, it's in, it said Westminster, but then it also said St. Giles. And like, I tried to find it on map and it took more than two minutes. So I was like, you're like, it. that's enough. I was that's like, enough of this. This won't come up. I won't bring it up. And here I am. <laughs> and I'm like, bringing let's it up. Let's talk about the geography really quick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> let's uh, take a pause here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we got the scene. Everybody's doing their thing in St. Giles, having a sad day, child death. I'm sure that happened a lot at the time. <laughs> Teenage barmaids, inappropriate, but it happened. So anyway, so over fun. at the Horseshoe Brewery, it was located at the corner of Great Russell Street and Tottenham Court. I love that Tottenham. word. Tottenham. <gasps> Tottenham. Yeah. Is that how they say it? Tottenham. Tottenham. There was like a stop on uh, their L. I forget what the fuck it was called. Mm-hmm. The, God damn it. My memory's horrible. Their subway system. Oh. And it was Tottenham. Oh, what is it called? Oh, it's going to My card. Me. I still have it in my yes. purse. It was an oyster card. Yes. That's what it was I called. I know you need but the oyster a, card uh, for the... <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Are one percent of British followers the, the tube. tube? That's it. Yes, yes, yes. They're yes. pissed. They're like, the tube. they're you can't like, get this right. Damn it! By the way, thank you for listening. We notice we have some people from Sweden listening and from England. London. Oh, England. Yeah, which is sick. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Everyone else is probably somebody we know in America. So, <laughs> love the meat pies. Love yep. the fish and chips. There you go. <laughs> Love your t- your television. Watch a lot of it. <laughs> All right. Anyways. So, uh, da, da, da. so over at the Horseshoe Brewery, which was located, we already said that. So they had a 22 foot high wooden fermentation tank. Okay. So it's 22 wooden. feet high. It's made of wood and there's beer in it. Um, it was held together with massive iron rings. It held over 3,500 barrels worth of brown porter ale just one of the rings the massive iron rings that i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. (laughs) just (laughs) just one of them weighed 700 pounds can you believe that shit 
Um, so yeah, so they held the barrel together and one of them fucking snapped. (laughs) Just snapped. Just George Crick. He was a storehouse clerk and he saw this, that the iron band around a vet had slipped. He was like, oh, well that happens about (laughs) two or three times a year. And he was like, no big deal. He moseyed on over to his supervisor. He was like, hey, this happened. And then... (laughs) His supervisor, and this is a quote, that no harm whatsoever would ensue. That's what he was told. No harm whatsoever will ensue. Don't worry about it. Stop mm-hmm. being such a worry wart. Yeah. And so then Crick. he he told Crick, he was like, write a note to Mr. Young, one of the partners of the brewery, to have it fixed later. And he said all that. He's like, I know who the partners of the brewery are. He's like looking at the audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so an hour later... Crick was standing on a platform 30 feet, 9.1 meters, from the vat, holding the note to Mr. Young. So he got his note. It took him an hour. He's not very good at his job. Anyways, so all of a sudden, the vessel, with no prior warning, ruptures and bursts. Oh, fuck. Okay, so the force of the first tank, which released hot fermenting porter... Blasted through the back wall of the brewery, which, by the way, was 25 feet high and two and a half bricks thick. So it just, like, blasted through that fucking sturdy-ass wall. Wow. And as it was going towards the wall, it opened several more vats, which then all came together into a massive flood, which exploded onto the street of St. Giles. Yes. So then more than... (laughs) It's awful. Yes. It did happen, though. (laughs) Yes, indeed. More than... 320,000 gallons of beer had been unleashed on the unsuspecting inhabitants of the slum. Uh, so sticky. Sticky, yeah. So sticky. Minutes... That's all I can think of. Oh, yeah. You just wait. <laughs> sticky, sticky, stick. Minutes later, the hot beer flood had reached it George Street and New Street. Yeah, because it was fermenting. And it's like kind of like an active <gasps> process. It, it releases some heat. Yes. Um, so yeah, it reached George Street and New Street. So there was a there was literally a fifteen foot high wave <laughs> of beer and debris flowing rapidly down the street. What the? F- yeah. <laughs> Two homes nearby had their basements completely flooded with beer, and the houses themselves collapsed. Oh no! <laughs> They're like, well, we're just going to go ahead and make light of the situation, and we're going to go ahead and barrel this beer and resell it. It's no big deal. Even though it was rampaging through the city, (laughs) and it might be a little dirty, we're just going to sell it. flavor. It adds some spice to it, (laughs) you know? Some flavor. A little bit of spice. So, inside one of the homes that collapsed was, remember, Mary Banfield and her daughter, Hannah? Well, Hannah? Hannah was her oh, name. I thought yeah. it was Hannah. <laughs> Why did I Hannah. think it was Hannah? Hannah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Hannah. Probably because I said it weird. Um, so yeah, they were killed during their tea when the flood hit their home. Oh, that's so sad. Yes, in the Mary basement. Bear. I know. In the basement of the other house, there was four mourners who were killed as well. So all the uh, mourners were killed. They got something else to mourn about now. I know. And then Eleanor Cooper, the young barmaid, was killed in the flood as well. Oh. 
So all of our friends, they're all dead. sticky way to die. I know, it's awful. Um, So uh, the land around the building was low-lying and flat with insufficient drainage. So the beer just flowed right into the cellars, many of which people lived in. I basically live in a cellar, garden unit. <laughs> garden unit, hey, Please Chicago, what up? Please do not spill beer, beer here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so people were literally forced to, like, climb onto their, to their furniture to avoid drowning, to, like, get out of the basement and stuff. So all in all, eight people were killed by the initial flood. Just wait till you heard how the ninth person died. How you, till you hear. Just wait till you heard. <laughs> you heard? <laughs> you heard? Okay, so... <laughs> Three brewery workers were rescued from the flood, and yet another was found alive, buried in the rubble. Um, Despite the obvious tragic loss of life, the people weren't about to let this opportunity go to waste, as Mary hinted at. here we go. So this is fucked up. Some of the relatives exhibited... Some relatives, sorry, some relatives of the dead exhibited their bodies for money. No. Yeah, so in one... Because they were sticky? (laughs) I have no... I'm like, I don't know what the appeal is. They're like, look at the beer killed them. Like, pay me money to see it. They also, people came and they charged... capitalize on the situation. They charged tickets to come and, like, look at the wreckage, too. Uh, Um, It's nuts. uh, It's nuts. You have to pay two pounds to come look at the (laughs) street that got fucked up To look at our fucked up street, yeah. Um, So in one such instance, the amount of people that came to see the body collapsed the floor beneath them, plunging everyone into a high waist, a waist high beer hut. Oh my God. (laughs) Waist high. High. Waste high beer flooded cellar. So yeah. there were so many people in this house that the floor literally fucking collapsed. Like they were there just to look at the dead body, I guess. Oh my God. Yeah, you think that like that wouldn't be such a novel thing to see a dead person at this point in history, but apparently it was. Everyone loved, I'm telling you, true crime and death, people have always loved it. Yeah, they're obsessed. We love it now. We've loved it back in the 1800s or whenever the fuck it's 1814. There we go. <laughs> Um, okay, so also to note that people still considered this murderous wave of beer to be quote unquote free beer. And did, did the beer get charged with homicide then or uh it should have. <laughs> Take it to trial. You'll, we do go to trial later, you'll hear about it. Okay, so um so hundreds of people were scooping up the beer in any way that they could. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, you called it. And some resorted to straight drinking it from the street. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were reports of a ninth victim of the event who died of alcohol poisoning from oh, such behavior. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, rookie mistake. Yeah, so he drank too much of the, the street beer Ugh. and he died. <laughs> it was probably spiced up with some, like, bubonic plate Yeah, and with shit. some death Ugh. in there like gross so, <laughs> some bodily fluid literally just like somebody okay never mind i'm not even gonna go there okay so the area reeked of beer for months afterward fun fact um so though the brewery was taken to court over the incident it was ultimately determined to be an act of god so no one was held responsible or accident or they're saying God did that to everybody? They're literally so saying mean. it's an act of God. Oh yeah, my God. that was like a direct quote. Why act would of you God. Do that? It's in quotes. Yeah. Wow. So the flood cost the brewery around 23,000 pounds. The brewery? That's a pound, right? What am I looking at? Oh, oh um, right? I don't know. I don't know their monies. I think so. Okay. Either a pound or a 
euro, euro. because I I don't I don't know yeah. the symbol. I don't either. It's pounds now. Okay, so yeah, that's approximately one point <laughs> two five million today. Pounds or whatever it is. So <laughs> because currency. Yeah, so all those currency monies. <laughs> so because of this disaster, wooden fermentation casts casks were phased out and replaced by lined concrete vats. So something good came out of it. Oh. Um, so then in 1922, the Horseshoe Brewery was demolished. And today, the Dominion Theater now sits on part of the location where it once stood. So oh. if you live in that area, the Dominion Theater, generally, is where it happened. And then... And it's still sticky. And it's still sticky, <laughs> and it still smells like beer. So then... Mine was pretty short, and I found another one that was a very similar thing happened. Do also it. in England and Scotland this Scotland. time. Glasgow. Mm. So, Great Gorbals Whiskey Flood of 1906. Mm. So, yeah, like I said earlier, surprisingly, this isn't the last time England suffers from large amounts of hot alcohol being released all over its <laughs> citizens. <laughs> when will it stop? When will it end? So, this is 1826. I have been. Sorry, I'm looking up the location of the last place you were talking about. Yeah. And I was right there. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. St. Giles, Fordham University, London. I was there. Soho. Dude. Yeah. So. I was getting stuck in the sticky beer. I was like, why the fuck is you're London like, so sticky? My shoes are this sticking place everything. This is the stickiest place I've ever been. I'm kidding. Was it really sticky? Oh, no. I was London like, London wow. was cool. I liked it a lot. Let me tell you something about London. I was supposed to go there <laughs> March uh 2020 can can anybody remember what happened yes that's right COVID-19 <laughs> that's just so bad COVID-19 such a bad accent but it's hilarious one of my old co-workers used to say it like really? that and he was uh, I think from London okay okay honestly so yeah. now I can't not say you're it like, like that COVID-19 <laughs> Yeah, so that happened. I was supposed to go to London and then Scotland and just like achieve all my dreams because I've always wanted to go to both of those places. And obviously that didn't happen. So basically this is me living vicariously. (laughs) Um, But getting drenched in hot alcohol. Well, it's history, so we couldn't visit the fun parts. (laughs) All right, so let's, let's get into this really quick. So... 1826, a distillery called the Loch Katrine is built. I'm sorry if I'm saying... Loch, that means lake. Lake, yeah, Lake Katrine, basically. It's located on Muirhead Street in the Gorbals District of Glasgow. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Gorbals just doesn't sound right. (laughs) The Gorbals. Yes, so fast forward to 1906 in the early morning of November 21st. A massive washback vat, I don't know what that is, on the top of the floor of the building in the distillery gives way, releasing 50,000 gallons of liquid. Mm. As it descends on the building, it breaks open two more huge vats of wash, releasing a total of 150,000 gallons of hot whiskey into the distillery yard and nearby street. Yes. Mm. The whiskey on its way out of the building mixed with the draft or malt refuse, which is basically just like a waste product of the brewing. Um, and that had been stored in the basement. 
So now that it was mixed with the draft, the whiskey became the consistency of liquid glue as it flowed into the streets, causing mayhem. I bet. Right? The draft was used as feed, and many farm servants with horses and carts had been lined up to collect the draft. So the hot liquor rammed into them, throwing men, horses, and carts alike everywhere. Police arrived quickly and began helping people. <laughs> I'll help you out. I'll pull you out of this tar shit here. Uh, anyways, so the force of the hot whiskey had carried two employees who were in the basement with the draft out into the streets. Oh my god! Just like whip them out. Ride the wave, boys. Woo! So and it was so intense. One man had his clothes washed away in the tidal <laughs> wave. He's just like I'm naked now. <laughs> I got whiskey Born on my again. dick. <laughs> whiskey dick. <laughs> a new meaning for everyone. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. In our minds. And that is verified swig of history That's fact. The history of whiskey dick. <laughs> yes. Because it was on this man's dick. <laughs> Today I'm a swig of history. The history of whiskey dick. <laughs> Would you prefer a tidal wave of beer or whiskey? This is a really good question. And... I feel like whiskey. Me too. Strictly because it's less gluten. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be beer less would fuck me up. Sticky and but they literally just said it turned clean. into the consistency of hot That's liquid true. glue. But then you, I could just like use it to wax my legs. <laughs> You'd be like, just rip it off, and I'm good. I don't know. This whiskey saved me time. Yes, double whammy. <laughs> hey, so okay. Um, one person, only one person died this time around. Mm. Uh, his names, his names, his name was James. That's why I said names. James. Yeah, James Ballin Ballantine. He was a farm servant from <laughs> Hindland Farm, Busby. I don't know what any of those words mean. Well, Hindland Farm, I can guess, but I don't know where the Busby comes in. I don't know what that is. Okay, so he suffered severe internal injuries and died shortly after being admitted to the hospital. So that sucks. So even though only one person died, many had narrow escapes. So the liquid had actually struck a bakery near the back of the distillery, causing their staircase to collapse. So four men who had been trapped upstairs had to literally jump out of the windows to escape. Yikesy. And then 64-year-old Marianne Duran. Love that name. <laughs> little rhymey by me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she was in her kitchen and she was struck with the wave of whiskey draft. Oh, the wave of whiskey, draft, bricks, and other <laughs> debris. Oh, no. Debris. Um, so she tried to get out her window and eventually was able to get out the front door, Good. which I think is kind of funny because she was like, window, window. And then she's like, wait, I can just go on the front door. <laughs> Hello, I have a door. Yeah. Why am I so panicking? then the distillery closed in the following year, which is probably appropriate. Mm. The end. Those Did are my disasters. Sued? The whiskey one? Uh, it didn't say. Oh. And I didn't want to like get too legal. Yeah. I hear ya. Uh-huh. Mm. She's taking a swig of tea. A swig of tea. And the history of tea is that in Boston at one point, they dumped all of it into the ocean. the British people. Yes. And, but now. <laughs> yes. 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 It's true. So... Yes. In the colonial times we did. But now things have changed such that is we can all drink tea and feel peace in our hearts. And isn't that right? They hate that we microwave water for tea, though. But I don't do that. I I'm don't. an electric kettle. I sure as fuck do. You do? <laughs> yeah. 
I want to get a plebeian. kettle. Up. <laughs> get okay. an electric kettle. I should. I will. I'll do it. It's I'll amazing. do it. You sold me. It's done. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's done. She's already did it. Well, she's doing Oop, it right I'm now. Getting it she's on, on Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> Ding dong. Oh my God, it's here. <laughs> wow. That was quick. Uh, kettle so fast, you'll flip. <laughs> kettle so fast, you'll cause a fucking tidal wave of whiskey. <laughs> and you'll fucking, your vat will burst. Oh my God. <laughs> sounds scary. Sounds oddly sexual. Okay. All right. Well, what'd you think? I loved it. <laughs> it was very interesting. Sorry I clapped. That might have been loud. No. And this is part two of man-made disasters. Because yes. my story is long as fuck. Yes. We're passionate about how men have fucked up. No, I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right back into shit-talking men. Sorry. Well, I mean, they're called man-made disasters. Yeah. You're just going to have to own that yeah. one, gentlemen. Yeah. They're not woman-made disasters. No. Lady, lady-made. Lady-made lady disasters. Maybe we'll look that up later. <laughs> see if we can find, like, uh, women fucking up. Oh, yeah. how about the Chicago fire? That, that was a cow. <laughs> That's still a girl. All right. We'll get into that. I, yeah. know, I don't think a lot of people know about that. The Chicago that are from Chicago. Really? I don't know. I feel like they don't. I feel like that was a very pivotal event in history that everyone should know about. There's other, like, <laughs> mass fires in, like, Boston and San Fran Boston. and stuff, too. So we can cover fires. Anyway. Cool. Let's do it. Anyway. Mine is some of the stuff you talked about in yours about, like, vats yeah. exploding sure. and stuff like that. It's always it kind of lines isn't it? up to mine yeah. a little bit, but mine's different. Different. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump in. Okay. So I'm gonna go over a little bit of, <laughs> I guess, chemistry first. Yeah. If we can kind of dive into that <laughs> and then uh, jump right in. So methyl isocyanate, mm. aka MIC. Cool. Is an organic compound with the molecular formula. There's just, you know, I can't, I don't know how to read them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a carbon, some hydrogen, nitrogen, more carbon, and oxygen. And that's what makes it up. Sick. Um, yeah, you know, there's just so much going on with this, but... It's just a crazy story, and I'm really excited to get into it. Sorry. I'm like, I'm already going crazy here. <laughs> um, yeah, so it has been used in production of rubbers and adhesives as a highly toxic and irritating material. It is extremely hazardous to human health. And then, you know, it's it's soluble in water, 6 to 10 parts per 100 parts, if anyone cares about that. I do get into a little chemistry here. But it, but it reacts with water. Okay. So keep that in mind. Because that, you know. Okay, so um, MIC is toxic by inhalation, ingestion, and contact in qualities as low as 0.4 ppm. Whoa. Uh, that's parts per parts million. Parts per million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Nuts. Yeah. So very low. Exposure symptoms include coughing, chest pain, dys... <laughs> asthma, irritation of the eyes, nose and throat, as well as skin damage. Oh. Higher levels of exposure over 21 ppm, parts per million, 
can result in pulmonary or lung edema. Ooh. Emphysema. It's like in the lungs, right? I think edema. so. Emphysema, hmm. which is also kind of similar, I believe. And hemorrhages, bronchial pneumonia, and death. Oh, God. <laughs> so, sounds like a good time. Methyl isocyanate was the principal toxicant involved in the Bhopal disaster, <gasps> which killed 2,259 people initially what? and officially 20,000 people in total. Oh, my God. Mine was like nothing compared to So let's jump into this. <laughs> the Bhopal disaster, also referred to as the Bhopal gas tragedy, so everyone knows, I think, because they're like, yeah, everyone needs to know that this was a fucking gas tragedy because everyone's gas. fucking stupid. As, 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 gas, was gas. a gas leak incident oh, on the night of 2 to 3 December 1984 Ooh, at the Union 80s. Carbide India Limited pesticide plant in Bhopal. Madhya Pradesh, India. It is considered among the world's worst industrial disasters. It's compared to uh, Chernobyl. Yeah. But I think there was actually more deaths right off the bat with this one. I didn't really compare the two. Oh, shit. I should have. But um, <laughs> over 500,000 people were exposed to methyl isocyanate gas. I, like, slow down every time I say that, like, I haven't (laughs) spent time reading this all day today. The highly toxic substance made its way into and around the small towns located near the plant. Um, So there's a ton of information on this disaster, a vast amount of scientific explanation that I'm not going to get into because this story is already very, very long that I'm telling. Right. And I'm not even covering all of it. But, you know, as always, if you want more, look it up. Watch some YouTube videos. I can guarantee there's documentaries on this. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, uh, Really quick, I looked up how many people died at Chernobyl. It was just 31 initially. Yeah. But they're saying because of radiation exposure, Mm -hmm. um, in 2005, they predicted a further uh, further 4,000 people died. Okay. So, slow burn, but... Slow burn. (laughs) Yours killed more just, like, outright. This one is two. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know why... So, yeah, Chernobyl's radiation, and this is gas, and I don't know why this is less known. Or maybe it's yeah. taught different in different parts of the world and right. the country. But exactly. I knew vaguely about this. I've never heard of it. But I know way more about Chernobyl. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's what we learned about, like, multiple times yeah, in school. Yeah, which They're is like, weird. Have you heard of things exploding? Have, have you, you heard about radiation? Radiation exposure? <laughs> Get with it, kids. You want your skin to fall <laughs> off, huh? <laughs> Don't mess with atomic bombs, you little bitches. <laughs> so this is gas. And not just like methane gas, like cooking gas. This is serious stuff. Stuff. The UCIL factory was built in 1969 to produce the pesticide 7. Not spelled like the number. Spelled oh, differently. Interesting. Um, How do you spell it? S-E-V-I-N. Oh. UCC's brand name for carbaryl. Using methyl isocyanate as an intermediate so they they used 
like this poison to create that poison or Mm. vice versa like whatever they were doing it was really sketchy (laughs) and not what was the goal i don't really know (laughs) so this company is the the ucc company or ucil or whatever is was an american company or is still or was and they were just opening oh, another shittier. plant in India. Yeah. So I'll get into it, but like the creating of the gases and keeping them up to code and all that shit was not as strict in India as it was in the US and oh. Europe. So basically, when they went over to India, they like all the project manners managers and everything over there were indian but it was still basically an american corporation right. if that makes any sense sure sure so like that that's another thing that makes this kind of annoying and confusing is right. like international affairs and all that crazy shit yeah um the chemical process employed in the bhopal plant had mic reacting with oh no <laughs> meth mine reacting with phosgene to form mic which was then reacted to one nath line <laughs> mm-hmm. to <laughs> following pay yep. attention mm-hmm. to form the final product carbaryl okay so i just answered my own question i forgot so they're using the the mic to create carb carbaryl uh-huh. but i read What's also carbaryl Whatever I don't I don't even know. Okay. But, but like so, it's so stupid because they're using this very dangerous <clears throat> hazardous poison gas to create carbaryl. But there were other ways that I read about during sure. researching this that they didn't even need to use MIC. That's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. So because like other companies and other places did it where they didn't even need to use MIC to create carbaryl. It's probably or cheaper. However you say it. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. That would let's, be my guess. Let's get into the warning signs. Let's go. Right off the bat though. So the Indian plant <laughs> when you picture a huge like gas chemical crazy plant you picture it to be kind of like indoors and safe and clean no rust anywhere right temperature controlled you know that 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 yes this was outdoor oh shit kind of from what i was like (laughs) looking at i was like okay that's not good it looked like it was just like a roof but everything was kind of outside like all the big like vats and containers and stuff like that not great off the not starting off great <laughs> that's a red flag yeah. i'd say red flag red flag number 100 already yeah and we're been, not even into this i've been in a nuclear power plant for work and yeah they had that shit locked like, tight yeah security all that shit yeah yeah it was cool though okay so let's just get into some more warning signs okay and now that I'm done trying to pronounce a lot of these chemicals, hopefully it'll run a little bit smoother because <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> In 1976, two local trade unions complained of pollution within the plant. In 1981, a worker was accidentally splashed. It's not funny. Was accidentally splashed oh, no. with phosgene <laughs> as he was carrying out a maintenance job of the plant's pipes. 
In a panic, he removed his gas mask and inhaled a large amount of toxic (gasps) phosgene gas, leading to his death 72 hours later. So, I mean... (sighs) He's kind of stupid. Like, he's kind of fucking idiot. Like, you're going to panic and just rip your mask off. Yeah, but... Like, ah, 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 like mm. It's just... Oh, that just sucks. sucks. Just sucks. imagining breathing in something. And like, then you're you're like, I made oh, it out. I'm God. fine. And then, like, three days later, you're fucking dead. You're dead. No, mm-hmm. okay. So, this is a really weird story, but I had rats, and you remember my rats. Yeah. Okay, so, rats... Domesticated. Yeah, yeah. Like, not, like... Like, I had pet rats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I had disgusting rats in my home. Okay, so anyways, I was a new rat owner. Rat pee has ammonia in it. And, like, the rats had peed on something that they should have. And I'm an idiot. And I took some bleach. bleach. Yes. And I sprayed it on the ammonia. I breathed that in. And it just, like, it literally seared my throat. Ooh. Like, I, it's basically mustard gas, everybody. Oh I, like, gassed myself. It was fucking awful. So just imagining breathing something in and then dying from it. Oh, it was, oh, hor- yeah. I was sick for a week. It was oh, awful. Oh, my goodness. Okay, anyways, back to your story. Yeah. Imagine ripping your mask off <laughs> like that and then just dying three days Imagine later. Imagine being smart enough to wear a mask in the first place. <laughs> and then when it gets on you, you're like, what? And rip oh, it off. Oh, God. And all, for all you rat lovers out there, my rats were fine. They weren't anywhere near any of this. I'm the idiot who got hurt, so let's go. Don't come at me. And for all you rat haters, fuck off. I love rats. <laughs> um. So this guy died. Following these events, journalist... Rajkumar Keswani began investigating and published his findings in Bhopal's local paper, Rapat, in which he urged, Wake up, people of Bhopal! You are on the edge of a volcano! Wait, it was called Rapat? Or was it Repo? Rapat. It's an Indian word, I think. Right? That's not Repo. I forgot we were in India for a second. You're like, okay, you dumb bitch. I'm like, shouldn't that be Repo? Is it? I don't know. No, repo doesn't have a repo. T. Isn't it R-E-P-O? I've just never heard that word before, and I was really <laughs> thrown off. Well, we don't speak. No, that we don't makes speak like no, Hindu that makes or, sense. Hindi, yeah, yeah, no, Hindi. that makes that makes sense. I I literally forgot we were in India. I'm yeah, sorry. No, please, <laughs> please interrupt. <laughs> so he's publishing stuff. He's like, this is not safe. We're about to blow. These is not up to code. It's not up to code. Code, code, we're code. We're on a volcano. Wait, really? No, but he oh. was saying, like, the plant is a volcano about oh. to explode. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, He's I'm, a good storyteller. I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back with you. Back, back. In 1982, so what is that? A few years later, mm-hmm. a another phosgene leak exposed 24 workers, all of whom were admitted to a hospital... None of the workers had been ordered to wear protective equipment. Oh, oh, whoa. (laughs) One month later, in February 1982, an MIC leak affected 18 workers. In August 1982, a chemical engineer came in contact with liquid MIC, resulting in burns in over 30% of his body. Jesus. In October 1982, there was another MIC leak. No. (laughs) It just keeps going. In attempting to stop the leak, the MIC supervisor suffered severe chemical burns and two other workers were severely exposed to the gases. Damn. During 1983 and 1984, there were leaks of MIC, chlorine, chlorine, 
monomethylamine. Monomethylamine. <laughs> Goddamn. Whatever. Y'all know Phosgene what that is. Phosgene and carbon tretachloride. Tretachloride. Sometimes in combination. Oh, so damn. just a stew of fucking poison, <laughs> like a witch's brew, just like cauldrons of yeah, poisonous gases. Like, ooh, whoops. And whoops. we're leaky. <laughs> we're not up to code. People it's keep fine. getting burnt sick. Yeah, there was 24 workers. There was 18 workers. People had fucking burns all over their bodies. They're like, <laughs> we're gonna keep it outside though keep it outside let the, let everything get rusty uh, the air will help because a little rust yeah some rain is not gonna oh disrupt the chemical composition oh of God. anything right i mean so many red fine. flags oh. by early december 1984 most of the plant's MIC-related safety systems were malfunctioning, and many valves and lines were in poor condition. <laughs> They're like that? No, no, no. It's always like that. It's fine. They're like, mm, it's fine. Eh, it's outside. We can breathe. No fumes. We're good. <laughs> in addition, several vent gas scrubbers had been out of service, as well as the steam boiler intended to clean the pipes. During the late evening hours of 2 December 1984, water was believed to have entered a side pipe into tank E610 whilst trying to unclog it, which contained 42 tons of MIC that had been there since late October. So that's a lot of this, like, gas (laughs) in tank E610. That's like a lot of gas. And it was just hanging out there and they're like, mm, gas, gas, something, gas, you gas. know, water's in there, but let's, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. No it's probably to panic. Fine. It's, it's probably fine. fine. Oh, the, the massive iron ring on that vat of beer <laughs> broke? No big deal. That happens every day. <laughs> the introduction of water into the tank subsequent, <laughs> subsequently, <laughs> subsequently, <laughs> Resulted in a runaway exothermic reaction. Oh, shit. Exothermic. That means... Outside of hot. (laughs) It's... No, it's exothermic, endothermic. I think it's... I think that means it produces heat. Okay. Endothermic maybe requires heat. Oh, fuck it. I don't remember. I don't know. I I learned those words in college. I think it means it's releasing heat. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm guessing. Um, which up. was accelerated by contaminants, probably rust, piss, like whatever. <laughs> Just piss. <laughs> There's like semen in there. Ew, um, the <laughs> you don't know what these workers are doing. They're yeah. just like the hot jerking off. Is over yeah. at the- over at the E6, tank E610. Oh, That's where everyone goes to bang. <laughs> Everybody knows the party always gets hot at what at was E610. it? E610. E610. Yeah. Yes, uh, look at that. Release are of we heat. Right? Wow. We're right. We're so smart. We're, We're chemists. We're so smart. We're chemists. <laughs> We're chemistry people. Oh you my didn't God. know we, we have yeah. PhDs in chemistry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just have a hard time pronouncing the words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just uh, read them so many times. We're so, too busy in the lab. <laughs> I know. So this was accelerated by contaminants, high ambient temperatures and various other factors such as the presence of iron from corroding non yeah, from the rust non stainless steel pipes so i'm just picturing like cast iron 
vats <laughs> getting rusty as fuck. More and more rusty. They Just didn't gross. know you're not supposed to get them wet. <laughs> the pressure in tank E610, although initially nominal at 2 PSI, you may be familiar with from filling up your tires, yes. PSI. Uh, it's pound per square inch. Yes. Anyway, it's initially nominal at 2 PSI at 10.30 p.m. It had reached... 10 PSI oh, by 11 PM. So it's getting very pressury. It's like mm-hmm. not having a good time. It's, it's like getting, getting stressed out. It's like stressed. Stressy. It's like starting to freak. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's contaminants <laughs> in me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm contaminated. Like Hello. me when I see a bug just getting more and more amped up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Two different senior refinery employees assumed the reading was instrumentation malfunction. Oh, that's convenient. They're like, oh, God, I don't fucking care. It's someone else's problem. Someone else can deal with this reading. tomorrow. Oh, so annoying, I'm dude. not dealing with this right now. This reminds me of, like, Chernobyl, though, if yeah. you watched the documentary or the hbo show no i've been meaning to oh it was really good yeah i just i felt like i knew it was gonna be it's sad very similar to this so i didn't really want to watch it i was like mm, it's mm, good i recommend it no i will watch but it. we're in india and this is both the bhopal disaster yes um by 11 30 p.m workers in the mic area were feeling the effects of minor exposure to mic gas oh no and began to look for a leak they're like is anyone else bleeding from their eyes right now <laughs> is anyone else like fucking having a heart attack i don't i don't understand does anyone else have uh lung edema <laughs> i'm sorry one, it's not funny we shouldn't be laughing at these people one suffering. of the leaks was found by 11.45 p.m. and reported to the MIC supervisor on duty at the time. (laughs) The decision was made to address the problem after a 12.15 a.m. tea break. Oh. They're like, meh. Time for some tea. We're already coughing up a lung and not feeling well, but have some tea. Stop bitching. We'll look at it after. It's just like in my story. No harm will ensue. Just write a note. He takes an hour to write a fucking note. Everyone needs their tea, okay? (laughs) And in the meantime, employees were instructed to continue looking for leaks. Probably with no masks on. (laughs) I'm assuming they had masks on. The incident was discussed by MIC area employees during the break, of course. They're like, hello, our supervisors are trying to fucking kill us. <laughs> They're like, you feel like shit? They're I feel like, like shit. I don't know if I like this job oh, anymore. God, quit. Quit now. In the five minutes, they can't, the cast system. Oh, that's true. Probably, right? Yeah, yeah. In the five minutes after the tea break... Ended at 12.40 a.m., the reaction in tank E610 reached a critical state at an alarming speed. Oh, damn. Temperatures in the tank were off the scale. <laughs> it's not, The scale's just not working. That's the problem. So, the temperatures, the temperature gauge maxed out at oh, 77 fuck. degrees Fahrenheit, 25 degrees Celsius. That's what it maxed out at. Okay. And it was very much past that like it oh, couldn't God. even measure past that so they don't even know how high <laughs> oh it was God. 77 degrees is not that high yeah um and the pressure in the tank was indicating at 40 psi so Shit. it was like 
I'm stressed. It's about to blow. I'm stressed. I'm freaking out. E610 was not having a good night. Um, one employee witnessed a concrete slab above tank E610 crack as the emergency relief valve burst it open. Oh, shit. And pressure in the tank continued to increase to 55 PSI. Oh, so it's just shooting up there, oh the PSI. God. Wait, but it, it hit a concrete ceiling? A concrete slab oh. above it right interesting so maybe it just had like something was it open on the walls i'm guessing like like a roof over i really don't know so yeah there was like a there was a roof like above all these like vats okay and And then it was just open on the sides Mm -hmm. so i don't know if all like the pressure and gas and intensities were causing the concrete to fucking fault well i imagine that the valve popped off and like broke yeah like hit the concrete slab above it okay but i don't know i don't know where the release valve would have been i just assumed it was up top yeah well the emergency release valve burst open it did so (laughs) you might be onto something there you have it (laughs) um this despite the fact that the atmospheric venting of toxic mic gas had already begun yeah so i mean at this point what do you think? Abandon ship or go down with the ship? Abandon ship? Yeah. I'm not going down with this ship. This ship sucks. <laughs> what about saving people? Oh. Well, is it my job to save people? Probably not. Then I'm out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling my homies. Yeah, you're like, Tell everyone I see on the way out run. and then I'm gone. <laughs> Direct atmospheric venting should have prevented or at least partially mitigated by at least three safety devices which were malfunctioning not in use insufficiently sized (laughs) or other otherwise rendered inoperable and it just it just it we're going downhill from here we're going downhill from here so e610 is starting to leak e610 e610 um a refrigeration system meant to cool tanks containing liquid MIC shut down in January 1982. Oh my god. And whose Freon had been removed in January 19 19- June 1984. You putting that in air conditioners mm, to make it Oh, cold. in your car. Mm. Your AC in your car. It needs Freon. Okay. My dad said that once. All right, dad. That's all I know. Thanks, pops. Since the MIC storage system assumed refrigeration, its high temperature alarm set to sound at 52 degrees Fahrenheit had long since been discontinued. So, Damn. so all of these alarms, they turned off. They're just like, oh, Another so, one, these are so loud. <laughs> another one, a flare tower to burn MIC gas as it escaped, which had a connecting pipe removed for maintenance. And was improperly sized to neutralize a leak Damn. of this size uh, produced by tank E610. So sure. we had a cooling thing not working. <laughs> I'm trying to explain this is <laughs> yeah, funny yeah. even to me because I don't know right. what's going on with right. it. A flare tower which had an improperly sized pipe okay. that should have been like a fault stopper mm, thing yeah. wasn't working. And then... A vent gas scrubber, which I mentioned kind of at the beginning. Yeah. I still don't really know what they are. Sure, (laughs) sure. 
which had been deactivated at the time and was in standby mode and similarly had insufficient caustic soda and power to to safely stop a leak of that magnitude, produced about 30 tons of MIC escaped from the tank into the atmosphere in 45 to 60 minutes. This would increase to 40 tons within two hours. The gases were blowing in a southeasterly direction over Bhopal. Easterly. I love that word. Easterly. So already there was like a a cloud oh, they talk fuck. about, kind of like moving towards God, the city. God, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's so <laughs> and scary. And in one of the things I was reading, I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and I didn't even write it in here, but they were saying that people were like kind of running to get away from it, right? And someone called and like reported to the police chief or whoever in yeah. India. And was like, yeah, people are running away, and it almost most definitely looks like they're running away from, like, some type of poisonous gas. Jesus. <laughs> like, who? How do you even know that, you know? God. So, finally, here we go. A UCIL employee triggered the plant's alarm system at 12.50 a.m. This is, like, a few oh, hours, my. almost. That's infuriating. Yeah. As the concentration of gas in and around the plant became difficult to tolerate no shit no shit (laughs) trigger the alarm (laughs) maybe we should use those alarms we should have fixed those pipes (laughs) activation of the system triggered two siren alarms oh my god this is also fucked up one that sounded inside the ucil plant itself and the second directed to the exterior which which were to alert the public and the city of Bhopal. The tube siren system had been decoupled from one another in 1982. Decoupled? Yes. <laughs> decoupled? <laughs> so that it was possible to leave the factory warning siren on while turning off the public one. And this is exactly what was done. So they turned off the public warning. (gasps) Yes. They're like, we don't want to annoy them. We don't want to trigger anyone. We don't want anyone to panic. Even though gas was already fucking spewing in a cloud. Poisonous gas. Get sued if they're dead. That's so what they were thinking. They only had the the plant alarm going off. Dude, that's they turned so off the one that would like, you know, be heard by the public. Um, the public siren briefly sounded at 12.50 a.m., but was quickly turned off. They're like, no, no, no. As per company procedure meant to avoid alarming the public, around the factory over tiny leaks, even though this was a fucking massive leak already. Workers, meanwhile, evacuated the UCIL plant, traveling upwind. Oh, nice for them. I know. Nice for them. Um, yeah, so they... Although that's they exactly called, what I said I would do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bhopal superintendent called the police and they informed, you know, some of the residents at approximately 1 a.m. They're like, everything's okay. Everything's okay. Um, <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once they were informed that it was methyl isocyanate, though, they were like, what is this? the hospital staff because they they alerted the hospital too right and they were like we don't know what that is 
so we don't know how to treat it if people are like poisoned with that but anyway you said not to worry right so whatever um the gas leak emanating from tank (laughs) oh do you want to know how they stopped it how they didn't it just ran out (laughs) all of the gas from that duct tape like come on (laughs) You gotta try didn't something. try lighting it on fire or anything. Like, come on now, light that gas on fire. It'll, it'll, you know, get Stick rid of the toxicity. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the gas stopped coming out of the tank at approximately two a.m. Wow. Fuck. Fifteen minutes later. Fifteen minutes later. This Everyone is when, was dead. When all the gas is out, the plant's public siren was sounded for an extended period of time. So. Way after the fact. Yeah. Everyone's like, already like, wee-oh, wee-oh. why is my throat scratchy? <laughs> why I do dying? I have boils all over <laughs> oh my, my skin? God. I don't know if that happened. Oh but my God. It's <laughs> awful. Um, most residents who were exposed to the MIC gas were first made aware of the leak by exposure to the gas itself. So they didn't even know. They were like, wow, I'm dying. <laughs> What's going on? Wow, here? am I dead now? <laughs> or by opening their doors to investigate the investigate the commotion, rather than having been instructed to shelter in place or evacuate before the arrival of the gas in the first place. So I mean, everyone got let down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then again, effects of the exposure: coughing, severe eye irritation, oh, feeling of suffocation, burning in the respiratory tract. Blephsphar spasm. Breathlessness. Stomach pains and vomiting. So people are just like, you know, vomiting all over and they're like, what did we have for dinner that's (laughs) causing this? Dude. So bad. How many people lived in the city at that time? Mm, I don't know. I didn't look it up. Mm, I think think 800,000, if I'm remembering correctly. That's like a lot of people to die. Yeah. It was a pretty big city. Um, thousands of people had died by the following morning. (laughs) I'll say. Thousands. Primary causes of death were choking, reflexogenic circulatory collapse, and pulmonary edema. Findings during autopsies revealed changes not only to the lungs, but also to cerebral edema, which I think... I didn't look it up. I should. I think that's like swelling in your brain. I think so, too. Um, tubular narcosis of the kidneys, fatty degeneration of the liver, and necrotizing entronitis. The stillbirth rate increased up through 300%, and the neonatal mortality rate by around 200%. Oh, dude, that's so sad. Yeah. All those poor pregnant women. So, yeah, it said cerebral edema is when fluid builds up around the brain, causing the increase in pressure known as intracranial pressure. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, so thousands of people died right off the bat because this tank E610 just leaked all of its shit out. And they were just like, don't tell anyone. They were like, "Mm, okay, now that it's all out, go ahead and sound the alarm. (laughs) So we can say that we did. They can't sue us if they're dead. (laughs) In the immediate aftermath, the plant was closed to outsiders. Right? (sighs) Including UCC. By the Indian government. So they're like, no one's going there. Shut yeah. it down. Good. Um, which subsequently failed to make data public, 
contributing to the confusion. So, mm. like, they couldn't investigate things. And I don't know. It just seemed, like, confusing and a mess. Right. Like, which you, it was. And, like, yeah. what are you going to do? They're not being honest about what happened. So, everyone's like, why did I just die? Yeah. <laughs> the ghosts. And this was... Ugh. It was just, like, crazy because India was, like, no one's touching anything. Like, I don't know. It just seemed weird. And I think because it was an American country, they were going to, like... Company. Company. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They were going to, like, investigate or something. And India was, like, oh, no. I don't know. Weird. It's... That whole thing is, like, a whole legal thing. Yeah, yeah. That's honestly still going on to this day. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. And this was in the 80s. Wow, I know. That was a long time ago. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So, the healthcare system immediately became overloaded in the severely affected areas. Nearly 70% were underqualified doctors. Medical staff were unprepared for the thousands of casualties, Doctors and hospitals were not aware of the proper treatment methods for MIC gas inhalation. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, what do you do? Yeah, well, I have no idea what you would do for someone with that. There were mass funerals and cremations. Hmm. Photographer Pablo Bartholomew, on commission with press agency Ratho, took an iconic um, color photograph of a burial on 4 December, Bhopal Gas Disaster Girl. And... I don't remember if I looked it up or not. I think it was a dead girl or someone who was like, like all fucked up. I I can't remember. There's a lot of crazy photos. Um, But that, this reminds me of what's going on in India right now because they're out of control with COVID and they're having like mass cremations and stuff. It's really sad. So I think other countries, including the US are trying to help out and send vaccines and like, yeah, they're on like their fourth wave. I know that. I feel bad. Yeah. And there's like photos and stuff. It's really sad currently. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck COVID. Poor India. I know. Um, Get your vaccination. Get chipped up, bitches. (laughs) Um, Within a few days, trees in the vicinity became barren and bloated animal carcasses had to be disposed of. 170,000 people were treated at hospitals and temporary dispensaries and 2,000 buffalo, goats, and other animals were collected and buried. So not only did all these people get, like, killed, diseased, blinded, like, all this crazy shit... But they're losing their livestock, livestock and plants, Fuck. fruits, vegetables. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. This whole area Just got decimated, mm-hmm. dude. Fuck. Um, fishing was prohibited, causing further supply shortages. Um, like you survive the gas leak and then you just starve to death. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Uh, um, lacking any safe alternative, on 16 December, tanks 611 and 619 were emptied of the remaining MIC by reactivating the plant and continuing manufacturing the pesticide. Wait, what? <laughs> so, like, they didn't know, they wanted to get rid of all this MIC and they didn't really know how to do it, so they turned the plant back on and continued manufacturing it. Oh, to get rid of it, I guess. Okay, like they used the rest of it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is risky because, like, yeah, fuck. Like, what the fuck? I'll say. I, know. I wouldn't trust these guys to do that shit, but also you can't just leave it there. Yeah. That's worse, I know. probably. Um, despite safety precautions such as having water carrying helicopters continually, continually overflying the plant, 
This led to a second mass evacuation from oh my Bhopal. God. The government of India passed the Bhopal Gas Leak Disaster Act that gave the government rights to represent all the victims, whether or not in India. Complaints of lack of information or misinformation were widespread. An Indian government spokesman said, Carbide is more interested in getting information from us than helping our relief work. And I believe, I forget who Carbide was. I think he was one of the, mm, not CEO, but like higher ups of the main corporation of the gotcha. thing. Um, but yeah, so they made, the government of India was like, we are like, I don't know. We're like representing all of our victims, but I don't know that that really did any i don't know like i don't know if that was good or where, bad you know i for legal rights against sure. the gas leak but i don't i feel like it didn't do the victims well right like did but. they get their eyes back <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna give them a new pair of eyes you know but can they get eyes yeah so yeah, I don't think they got their eyes back, but <laughs> <laughs> the legal proceedings involved the UCC, the United States, and Indian governments, local Bhopal authorities, and the disaster victims um, started immediately after the catastrophe. So, as you can imagine, it was like a mess. And I'm not going to get too much into it because that's, like, a whole fucking thing. Like, I'm not even going to read some of the stuff I put. But basically, there was, like, UCC, the company, proposed a settlement figure of $350 million that would generate a fund for Bhopal's victims of between... 500 to 600 million over 20 years which i don't get yeah but i think it's the difference in currency oh okay um in may of 1986 litigation was transferred from the united states to india and i don't know it was just a mess this whole time so the government like india refused UCC was like, no, I don't know. It was back and forth, back and forth. So finally, the end amount, you can look into it more if you're interested in all the court proceedings because it was a fucking mess. Yeah, I'm sure. Like the whole situation. (laughs) UCC paid $470 million US dollars for damages caused by or caused in the Bhopal disaster to the indian government i think sure <laughs> so there you go seems there you mm, go. not that great but okay mm, i know be better if you didn't kill a bunch of people just saying i know um the government of madhya pradesh confirmed a total of 3787 deaths related to the gas release right off the bat wow later the affected area was expanded to include 700,000 citizens. Not dead, I don't think, but eventually getting sick and possibly dying from the injuries. A government affidavit in 2006 stated that the leak caused 
558,125 injuries, including 38,478 temporary partial injuries. I don't know what temporary... I, I don't they know. healed, like, yeah. I'm assuming. <laughs> and approximately... 3,900 severely and permanently disabling injuries. So there's just a lot of deaths, a lot of injuries. Straight up maiming, it sounds like. <laughs> Legs just fall off. God. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess one of the, the things that they got out of the settlement was that UC had to pay enough or build a hospital specifically to treat victims of this gas leak. Yeah, I'll fucking say. And they did. Good. Luckily. Should have done more than I that. I know. Like, all those people should be taken care of for life. I know. Um, environmental rehabilitation. Look it up. Yeah. And again, it's a whole... This is like this, a huge yeah, so disaster. Many implications. So much information. Yeah. I didn't get into it, though. I mean, I was like, the, look it up. The beer, like, <laughs> killing people. I mean, it stunk like beer. And then I think they were like, all right. We're, we're good. It's over now. Sweep it up. <laughs> Spray it off. This is like way worse. So how did this happen? <laughs> negligence. Corp- corporate negligence? Yeah. There's a few different things. There's People think it happened because of corporate negligence. People thinks it ha- thinks, think it <laughs> happened because of like employees fucking with things. There's right. like conspiracy. So. Yeah. I was going to say it kind of seems like there would be conspiracies around yeah. it. You know? Especially with like Cast all the questions. Yeah. They're like fuck this place. I don't know. Um, Corporate negligence. This point of view argues that management, and to some extent local government, underinvested in safety, I would agree. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say. (laughs) Which allowed for a dangerous working environment. They were outside. Yeah, literally Like, what? I mean, These people suck. (laughs) Obviously. Like, they should have built it differently, you know? Factors cited... Factors cited include the filling of the MIC tanks beyond the recommended levels, poor maintenance after the plant ceased MIC production at the end of 1984, allowing several safety systems to be inoperable due to poor maintenance (laughs) and switching off safety systems to save money, including the MIC tank refrigeration system, which you brought up because I didn't know what it was, Mm. which could have mitigated the disaster severity and non-existent catastrophe management plans. So they were like, we don't, we're not planning for it. We don't care. What is it? (laughs) Other factors identified by government inquiries included undersized safety devices and the dependence on manual operations. Oh, my God. Specific plant management deficiencies that were identified include the lack of skilled operators. They're like, 15-year-old? Bring him in! Looks great. Let him turn the knobs. We got it. Look, Let him rip of, off his mask if he gets some None of this is important. <laughs> we don't have an alarm. If you hear an alarm, just turn, turn it, it off. off. We don't want to hear it's it. It's annoying to us. It's annoying to the public. <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> um, reduction of safety management, insufficient maintenance, and inadequate emergency action plans. No shit. Yeah, I'll fucking say. Um... So, yeah, the lack of safety audits in the U.S. and 
And Europe, the safety audits were done every single year. And in other countries like India, they were only done every two years. I'd say if that. It sounds like they were never done here. It sounds like they were never done. And if they were done, they were like, well. (laughs) They just breezed it. They're like, like, meh. Look around. No, I think you guys got it. Check. I like the air flowing here. The outside. A little bit of rust on that E610 tank. Ooh, vintage. uh, Antique. What is that? Cast iron? (laughs) I have a cast iron skillet. Um, So funny. Some people say that they don't agree with this corporate negligence argument. um, Because workers were cleaning out the pipes with water nearby and the water caused issues and the Mm. pipes were missized and they're like that's not really the corporate's fault even though but they should be like making sure their people are educated correctly you know and following up to make sure they're doing their jobs correctly like firing people who aren't right exactly (laughs) making sure everyone's trained and on the same page no because people will get away with as much as you let them get away with you know and like regardless like if if you want your plant to be successful, you want people to be trained. You don't want something like this to happen because it's going to cause you $470 million oh my or more. It should have been more. Yeah. should have been a billion, million, trillion dollars. Employee sabotage? Mm. Not, not. They definitely didn't help. I feel like we could agree on that. <laughs> They didn't. They, they didn't were standing the there and they were like, mm, that concrete slab broke, <laughs> like, but... Wow. Uh, wow. I can't... <laughs> that concrete slab broke. Now owned by Dow Chemical Company, Union Carbide... Oh, it's the name of the company. I was like, I don't know who Carbide is. I was like, is that a person? Maintains a website... <laughs> Dedicated to the tragedy and claims that the incident was a result of sabotage, of course. Stating that sufficient safety systems were in place and operated, mm. operative to prevent the intrusion of water. Don't believe it. Even if that was supposed it. to be happening, it wasn't. And that's yeah. kind of on the corporation right. to make sure... All their plants are following yeah. standard operating procedures. I don't procedures. like that they're just like, oh, this is somebody tragedy. else did it. Somebody else did it. It was such a tragedy. Um, okay. So UCC claims the plant staff falsified numerous records to distance themselves from the incident and absolve themselves of blame. And that the Indian government impeded its investigation and declined to prosecute the employee responsible... Presumably because it would weaken its allegiances of negligence by Union Carbide. So, I don't know. They're just like, why didn't you punish that guy after you didn't let us come investigate? Because obviously he did it. I don't know. It was just crazy. The whole thing was a mess. No one knew what was going on. It was crazy. It was hectic. It was chaotic. Um, Nuts. The evidence advanced by UCC alleged to support this hypothesis. Key witness, I don't know who it is, testified <laughs> that when he entered the control room at 12.15 a.m. prior to the to the disaster, the atmosphere was tense and quiet. So he's like, who's talking shit? Who's about to fucking blow up this entire city right now? Uh, right? Huh? What's Which going on Which alarm bell did we turn off? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just turn uh, up an alarm bell? Uh, <laughs> did you just put water in the pipes? I love putting water in the pipes. 
Another key witness testified that when he arrived at the scene immediately following the incident, he noticed that the local pressure indicator on the critical tank 610 was missing. Oh, no. Someone just ripped it off. (laughs) They're like, ooh, it's really high. Take that right (laughs) off. (laughs) Not my job. Um, And that he found a hose lying next to the empty man head. I don't know what that means. Created by the missing pressure indicator. And that the hose had water running out of it. This testimony was corroborated by other witnesses. So, I love that word, corroborated. I do, too. <laughs> it's a great word, you guys. Love it. Corroborate. Uh, graphological analysis revealed major, major attempts to alter log files and destroy log evidence. Damn. So people were like, fuck, and like... Running around, not able to breathe, but trying to get rid of files. Dude, that's so fucked. Just like, I don't know, stuff like that. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. It's like, I think it's it's definitely both, I'd say. It's corporate negligence and probably employees not doing their job correctly. Gotta be a combination. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. Generally, the truth is like a mix of everything, you know? Um, so charges, you know, there were some charges made against the CEO of the entire corporation, I think. Um, and other employees, including homicide. Oh. Yeah. So that's a big one. (laughs) But it seems like nothing was really held after a few years Mm. due to international affairs and all this crazy complicated shit. So it's like they kind of started trying people and they kind of did... But it's, like, hard. Because, like, what happened? Whose fault is it? Yeah, There's different countries, different corporations. Like, it's just, it's crazy. (sighs) Ongoing contamination. Obviously, it's still fucked. Dude. (laughs) It's like Chernobyl. It's still radiated over there. It's still chemically here in Bhopal. Damn. Chemicals abandoned at the plant continue to leak and pollute the groundwater. Whether the chemicals pose a health hazard is disputed. I'd say they do. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say don't want to drink that. <laughs> Contamination at the site and surrounding area was not caused by the gas leakage. <laughs> Wait. That's what? what that's what the dispute is. Oh, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it, it was. This place was toxic beforehand, I swear. <laughs> But, okay, the area around the plant was used as a dumping ground for hazardous chemicals. Yuck. So, whatever. <laughs> Everyone's doing it. It's and funny. by 1982, water wells in the vicinity of the UCIL factory had to be abandoned. No shit, dude. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I will, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They were looking into it. It just... UCC's laboratory tests in 1989 revealed that the soil and water samples collected from near the factory were toxic to fish. So still with the fish. 1989. So this is Poor like fish. five years? A few years after it happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. 21 areas inside the plant were reported to be highly polluted. No shit. In 1991, so this is a little bit farther down the line. Mm-hmm. The municipal authorities declared that the water from over 100 wells were hazardous for health if used for drinking. So, I mean, it just... 
obviously. It's not, look, it's like, it goes on and on. Right. It's still polluted. Dude. In 2009, the Center for Science and Environment, a Delhi-based pollution monitoring lab, released test results showing a pesticide groundwater contamination up to three kilometers from the factory. So, pretty big polluted range. Yeah, I'll say three kilometers, damn. Um, (sighs) I just, like, it's crazy. And it just, it's still, like, going on and on. In October 2011, and we're almost at present day now. This is just 10 years ago. uh, The Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment published an article and video by two British environmental scientists showing the current state of the plant landfill and solar evaporation ponds and calling for renewed international efforts to provide necessary skills to clean up the site and contaminated groundwater. Right. Like, we gotta fix that. I know. And so, like, in 2014, there was some pretty big protests and stuff in in Bhopal by the citizens Mm -hmm. being like, why did this happen? Why is this still ongoing? There's still a bunch of contamination and pollution here. Can't you fix this? Can someone help us? (laughs) Either this government or other governments. Right. Somebody Someone do something. But yeah. And it's still like that today. There's still really no, uh, you know, there's no solution to it. And it happened. And there's still, (laughs) they're still dealing with the aftermath of it. Fuck. You know, like, when was the 80s? Like, 40 years ago? Yeah. Like, 40 some years ago. Yeah. It was math ago. Yeah. (laughs) So, super crazy, super sad. There's a ton of photos of the plant itself and of people who got gassed up not looking very well um crazy story so much information like oh god i just go you can you can hours of information yeah no dude i saw a lot of the stuff that you skipped over i I was like damn and i already took out like a couple pages because i was like there's no way i can read through all of this Sometimes but, you start a story and then it's like you go on such a deep dive into it. Yeah. You're like, I thought this was going to be 20 minutes and now there's four hours worth of material here. <laughs> there uh, there have been some movies made about it too. I yeah. think a lot of them are like indie films and Interesting. films in India. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. I'll have to check that out. I know. Films I want to watch. But that's it. That's the Bhopal gas tragedy. Damn. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> I know the beginning was very choppy trying to explain, like, the chemicals. Yeah, we but got there, whatever. We, we made it there. through. I hope you enjoyed. Kind of pretty tragic. Not kind of. Very tragic. Yes, super tragic. <laughs> oh, my God. Mine was, like, comical in comparison. Yeah. Although not funny because no, people did die. Yeah. But, yeah, fuck yeah um okay so thanks you for tuning in thanks you thanks y'all <laughs> thanks you thank you and you and you for tuning in mm-hmm. to part two of man-made disasters. man-made disasters so swig of history i'm rebecca i'm mary and you can find us at a swig of history on instagram a swig of history at gmail.com is where you can send <laughs> emails to me rebecca <laughs> mary sits on a high throne where she doesn't respond to peasants and uh eventually my own email. Yeah, eventually we'll have a twitter which we will be at a swig of history as well hell yeah one day yeah 
And thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Bye. Bye.